Case number 21-3910, Eastern Missouri, Brian Bresnahan versus City of St. Peter's et al. Mr. Brentrager? Yes, sir. Good morning. May it please the court? Counsel. My name is Peter Bruntrager. I represent uh, the appellant in this case, who is the plaintiff, Mr. Brian Bresnahan. Uh, Your Honors, this is a uh, singular issue of uh, whether Mr. Bresnahan was terminated unlawfully in violation of his constitutional right to free speech. Uh, This uh, appeal comes from a uh, dismissal of the underlying case under a 12B6 motion. Uh, That was for uh, the the plaintiff, excuse me, uh, failing to state a cause of action. Uh, At this point in time, we're reviewing this matter de novo. I would uh, uh, just start with the fact that this is very clearly a case that falls under the Connick and Pickering balancing tests. Uh, th- those are the simple issues that we have in front of us with a couple of stemming off of that. Uh, but very simply, the court misapplied that test and misapplied the standards as to how they apply to Mr. Bresnahan in no, this I case. I don't think so. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't see how you can survive a Connick review when you didn't, when, and I know the content of this is, is available because we sought it out, and it's not, it's not before the court. And you say, oh, that the, he, went to, he went on context and avoided content, and you didn't put the content forward. I, I don't understand how you can prevail on the, in those circumstances. Your Honor, uh, you're talking about the video actually being provided in the, in the yes. um, complaint. So uh, the, the video... You described the video as completely different than I read you what you put forward as, as part of the so, 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 Your Honor, I would point out that, that uh, an evaluation then of the video would be a factual finding. Uh, and, and we're talking about a finding of law. No, I, well, I think Justice Scalia had a case where he reversed because the video was so clear. Brown, was it Brown? I can't remember. But again, Your Honor, that's something where the video isn't in evidence yet. And I understand that that may be something that, that uh, the court would like to see. And, and frankly, it, it, it should be. And I believe that's why this case should be remanded for further proceedings. I was wondering, why, why wasn't it uh, submitted as part of the, as an exhibit to the complaint or something? There was a, a kind of an invitation, I think, you know, show us, show us the video. And yet the, the invitation wasn't accepted, right? And, and your honor, it's it's simply it's just a matter of of, uh, of styling. When when we're I'm sorry, uh, a matter matter of styling, not only substance. And I understand that, but I'm just talking well, about. Well, let's not talk about style. I'm just talking about how the complaint was drafted and presented to the court. And, and so, uh, while there, there's uh, an opportunity to submit something and like present, that, presented is is evidentiary. I mean, it's briefing, and it's. Whatever is acceptable under 12b-6, such as such as a video that, that is clearly uh, a part of the complaint expanded, and or or if if not, then then object to 12b-6 on that ground, but put it forward. And I, and I understand that, Your Honor. And I understand that I'm 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 simply working from where we are right now, and the video is obviously not in evidence. 
or not part of the record in this matter. Again, I do think it's relevant to the complaint, and not only relevant to the complaint, but to the underlying issue that we've... Do you have enough in your verbal description to get you over the hump? That's the question, right? And that's what I'm presenting to this court. We're talking simply about a low threshold where there simply needs to be facts sufficient to support the claim. What did the district court say, if anything, about the lack of video in the complaint? Was there anything expressly stated by the district court? So there actually was. There was a statement by the district court, and I think it was clear that the district court would like to see the video, and I assure you I'd like to present the video to the district court. But one of the statements was, if the video were presented, there may be facts sufficient to support the claim, which is my argument to you that that means there is a set of facts that exist which could provide relief to plaintiff in this case, which is the standard to get... But it has to be interpreted to get to the conic pickering issue. And actually, Your Honor, I believe that it needs to be the facts as they're taken in the pleadings. So I don't believe there's any interpretation that's necessary in order to do that. They should be taken as true for the 12b6 motion. A matter of public importance? You say, well, this was obvious from the language you quote, that this had to do with objecting to Black Lives Matter protesters. Yes, sir. And I read it, and I say, no, this was obviously addressed to the press, to the police collectively among themselves griping about the press's constant misrepresentation of police activity. Those are completely different from a conic pickering analysis standpoint. So, and I want to make sure I'm not misunderstanding you, but we're talking about context, content, and form as it relates to the speech that was given. Yeah, of course. So context is important, obviously, and that's the background where this was early June of 2020. It was immediately after George Floyd had died. No, no, that's the external context. The internal context is police officers talking among themselves about matters of common interest, but in the form that's private to them, griping about the way the press constantly misrepresents what they're doing. And they can do that in private without speaking, without triggering, without, that's not protected speech. So, Your Honor, I do think that while it may be a private text messaging group, we're talking about obviously just officers that were receiving this, I think that that's, I think it's too narrow for, or excuse me, I think if we're preventing that from being protected under the First Amendment, it's something that's too narrow. And I realize we're in this. Wait, 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 give me a, wait, I mean, I was speaking from cases without citing them. I guess DeRocher's is one, but there are a lot of cases. There are lots of cases. Talk about, that's too private. And yes, sir, but the context is too private to be protected. So I would point you to the Hemminghaus case, which I think is about as private as it gets. It's one employee with her employer. What case, or what court? Judge, that is 8th Circuit, 2014. It's 756F3rd. It's cited. Yes, sir. And what was, 
was the facts that it, it, Judge, it's a, uh, a staff member of a court uh, making complaint to her boss, who was the sitting judge at the time. And there are other cases, Your Honor, I would point out where, where we can talk about uh, internal complaints that have been made uh, where there's, it's, the complication obviously is that, that the- Maybe the, that wasn't cited. I don't see it in your- it, It's in the re reply brief, Your Honor. So if the, if the key issue is not who the speech is directed at or who receives the speech. What is the key issue in a matter of public concern? The, the key issue is, is whether we're talking about with content, uh, context, and form a matter of public concern. I mean, the, the, the law is very clear for public employees, and, and police officers, are, are especially in this day and age, fit, fall squarely into this, that they have an important point of view. And, and there may be a large number of people who have an opposing point of view, but that doesn't mean their point of view, uh, even if just shared amongst police officers, should be disregarded. So if, if the point of the video was to raise concerns about press coverage on police, in your opinion, would that be a matter of public concern? I, I think, Your Honor, it's, it's not just raising the issue of, of, of press coverage. No, but my question was yeah. if it's limited. In other words, if that was the interpret, if we saw the video and that was the takeaway, is that good enough? I, I understand where you were headed with it, and I understand you've got another component of the argument, but I'm, I'm wondering is that by itself enough? Uh, yes, Your Honor, I, I believe it is. I mean, we're talking about, uh, as I said, widespread, and, and, and each of you knows this, and, and everybody in this country knows this, this was widespread coverage by news. No, wait, and let's, let's stop. Every public official in the country in the back room gripes about the way the press is, is treating them. Exactly, Your Honor. And you're saying that every time that that happens, over a water cooler or wherever, because the public is interested in the press and government officials, that's uh, that's protected. I, I do think that there's a, a hair to split there because when we're talking about there are lots of government government officials that are dealing with this issue directly, right? They are dealing with publicity and how it's affecting their department or their city. Okay, uh, to the point. But those individuals, they may have a specific job interest in uh, in the press being handled one direction or the other. This is not that case. We're talking about. Well, a, this is just this this is just the president complaining to the cabinet members. Uh, uh, well, I mean, you know, they're at, they're at it again. Everything everything we do, they turn into something against the public interest. And again, that's that's something that's directly related to job duties. We're talking about a police officer who's a beat officer. He's there to to, to uh, be on the scene and make sure. Wait, wait. If it's directly related to job duties, that makes it more closer to being protected. I, I'm I'm making a. a um, I'm showing the difference between your example and the situation with Mr. Bresnahan here. It, it again, it is it is something that's that's tangentially related to his job duties, but it's not pursuant to his official duties, as the president complaining about a, a cabinet member uh, would be. Oh, oh come on. Well, all right, but, a, you know, a county a county sheriff or the head of the highway patrol department or whatever. Would have everybody gripes about would, but those individuals again not they're not beat officers those are people who have a direct interest in in how their I mean, their office is patrolman is certainly a beat officer he's just in a vehicle 
Well, but not the head of that department, right? A chief or, or something of that nature. Those individuals have a direct job-related interest in maintaining their, the, the publicity of their department. Not the, the officers at this lowest level. This isn't a job duty of Mr. Bresnahan's. He wasn't uh, a publicist for the department. Uh, he wasn't speaking to reporters. He wasn't doing anything of that nature when he made this speech. And that's the difference that I think is important. I don't understand why that makes it more protected. Because, Your Honor, and I, I would point I'm you... I'm talking about the public, if it's a matter of public interest. And I, well, and I understand that, but it, and I, I realize I'm, it's, it's jumping a, a little bit there. But a matter of public interest, Your Honor, uh, again, dealing with a topic that, such as the Black Lives Matters protest, those were... Uh, of was dealing with it. It was in direct response to that, Judge. It was, it was a... It was, no, it was contemporaneous. I'm saying that the speech, what, what, the actual uh, conveyed message that Mr. Bresnahan made by, by sharing this video was to critique those protests. So the message in the yeah, video... I disagree it's, with that. And, and I understand that, Your I, Honor. I haven't got it to view, but I, I think as, 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 described, as, as the picture, as the video is described... <clears throat> and again, it, Your Honor... It, 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 was, it may, may or may not have been satire. It was presented satirically. But I think I think it was a gripe about look we can't do anything right when it comes to the media. So what do we know about the nature of this forum? About what its purpose was, who was who was on it, what what was the kind of typical content? Uh, you know, this network. Yes, sir. That's what do we what, know about that. It's, what are the allegations about that? And that's exactly what I was trying to pivot to. This was a text message group between uh, officers and their immediate supervisors. So this is a, but we're talking about allegations now in the complaint. Right? These are in the complaint. Your, yes. What your view of the evidence would show, but in the complaint. These are in the complaint, and and this is a, a text message group that dealt with mobilizing officers as well as other unwork related things, but primarily with mobilizing officers to uh, respond to areas where these protesters were to make sure that nobody was getting hurt, no damage was being done, things of that nature. And again, that's part of the context of this message. Um, there were messages specifically relating to uh, these protests and, and how to handle them when Mr. Bresnahan shared his uh, this video and, and alongside it his opinion uh, of those protesters. Well, this goes, I mean, to, this goes to the question of, of uh, whether the, the statement was made as you know, pursuant to his employment, for instance. And, in which case, we've got a different kind of case. Exactly. And I, and I would point you to that at that point to uh, Henry V. Johnson, which is an Eighth Circuit case, which is a, a Missouri State Highway Patrolman uh, who, who is making a statement, again, tangentially related to work, right? It's, it's something that maybe he has knowledge about because of, of work. It's, it's an internal cover-up he's making a complaint about. But it's not pursuant to his official job duties, and therefore it's deemed to be a, a uh, statement by a private citizen as opposed to a public employee. And I think that's key. Just as we're talking about in this case, we may be splitting hairs, but that's important for this because we want to make sure that public employees maintain their First Amendment rights to the extent that we can and to the extent that it doesn't harm the employer, the city in this case. This was on a motion to dismiss, is that correct? This came, this, uh, Mr. Bresnahan's case is here on a 12B6 motion. And so I would point out, I do think it's necessary to talk about symbolic speech before I move. I realize it's a well-covered topic, and I'm sure that you are well-versed on it. I think that's key here, though. Just as we, uh, you know, everybody's uh, ability to, to convey a message to the public at large is greatly increased, symbolic speech has also greatly increased. Things that are posted online, things that are shared online, all of those things carry a message inherent with the message, not just the actual, the literal words that are typed out 
or the literal video that is shared. Depending on the content, the context, and the form, that's the message that's conveyed. And I think that's important to get to. So again, I would end on the fact that this is an issue where Mr. Bresnahan had his First Amendment right. There's been no, it has his First Amendment right intact. This was in violation of that First Amendment right, and there's no indication that any damage or harm has been suffered by the city because of that. That balancing test should fall squarely into Mr. Bresnahan's favor. You're not asking us to do the balancing test, are you? I'm not, Your Honor. I don't believe we've gotten there at all. Then let's, your time's up. Thank you, Your Honor. Kelper? Your Honor. May it please the court. Good morning. Mr. Gilper for the defendants in this case, City of St. Peter's, as well as the individual defendants. Your Honor, the primary issue, as you have already honed in on in this case, is whether the plaintiff can maintain the First Amendment retaliation claim based on the sharing of the video clip to a closed group of his fellow officers on a group chat. Importantly, as Your Honors have already pointed out, the video is not before the court. It was not provided as part of the initial complaint, nor was it provided as an exhibit to the admitted complaint after the defendant's initial motion to dismiss was granted. Excuse me. What we do have is simply a recitation of a summary of what's included in that video clip. And it's important because this is an issue of law, as the cases point out, and that the court has to look to the content, form, and context to evaluate to what extent that speech is issue is protected. Did you argue below that the failure to attach the video to the complaint was a defect that supported your motion to dismiss? Yes, Your Honor. So it was, in the initial motion to dismiss, there was no summary at all. And that's how Judge Hamilton reached a result there. And the amended complaint is where we get the summary in paragraph 7 of the amended complaint, which is the first time we see the summary of what's included in there. And yes, so part one of our argument in the district court was that from the pleading standpoint, Bell and Twombly, that from that point alone, they have not met the pleading standards to assert a claim. But even if you look at the little summary we do have of the video, there is an inherent inconsistency. If you look at paragraphs 7 and 8 of the amended complaint, those are the paragraphs that outline the summary and then what plaintiff's interpretation of what he was trying to convey by sharing that with his fellow officers. And plaintiff alleges, now in hindsight as we sit here, that he was sharing that video as his opinion, as his negative opinion, critical of the Black Lives Matter movement and protests. But the summary of the video involves, to your point, Judge Logan, involves an African-American, this is from the complaint, an African-American police officer who accidentally shoots himself and the headlines in the show are, quote, another innocent black man shot by a cop. And Judge Hamilton picked up on this as well. There's nothing in this amended complaint that references Black Lives Matter movement at all or the protests. There's no allegation that the plaintiff said anything more when he conveyed that text message video to his colleagues. And again, based on plaintiff's own summary of the clip, there's nothing in this video that speaks to it. Your colleague would suggest that 
this was symbolic speech, I think. And, and why aren't the allegations in the 12B6 motion, the plaintiff's allegations, sufficient here? So it, we, we are not contesting that the, the, the generally the sharing of a video or, uh, or posting of a meme or an article to, to Facebook uh, is not speech. Okay, so we're not, we're not contesting that this, this element, this video clip, is not speech. But what's important for the 12B6 analysis is that the, the plaintiff has to come to court and allege enough uh, facts there for the court to be able to understand whether they can state a claim. And in this case, um, it's, it's uniformly held that when evaluating whether the speech at issue is, uh, meets that standard, it is, you have to go to the content, form, and context analysis. And so uh, as, a, as a plaintiff pleading my case in federal court, reading those and knowing the pleading standards, I have an obligation to meet that burden to be able to provide the court enough so that that analysis can, can take place, content, form, and context. There is a video. We know there's a video. It was shared. The, the plaintiff opted not to provide that video after Judge Hamilton indicated with her first order that she would really like to have a look at that. Um, Instead, we get the summary of what's included in the video. And, and from that summary, um, you know, we, we, I think that the analysis of this court can stop with the first, the first part of the, uh, the Garcetti test, which is to determine whether the employee spoke as a citizen on a matter of public concern. And I'll, I'll, I'll address public concern because that's kind of where we are now. Um, to determine what, what is a public concern, the Supreme Court in Connick tells us that we look to that the speech has to relate to some political, social, or other concern in the community. However, this court in the, in the Domina case uh, found that employee speech upon matters of personal interest are not protected. And moreover, it is not enough that the, that the speech at issue is simply involves something that the public may have some generalized interest in. Uh, and that's the Spar versus Ward case. How would you distinguish from the Ninth Circuit's opinion in Hernandez? How would you distinguish this case? In, the, in which case, Your Honor? Hernandez. So in, in Hernandez, um, so, so we cite that case. Uh, in Hernandez, there's I'm not, a... Um, I'm not talking about the district court. I'm talking about the Ninth Circuit case that was issued on August 5. Oh, I'm not which, familiar which with that case. Which goes directly against your position here, I think it's fair to say. The Ninth okay. Circuit reversed the district court that you rely on in your briefs. Okay. So I'm not familiar with that case. Um, but I if, don't believe either party cited it. So. Um, if I may ask, you, I may be able to distinguish it as well. Do you remember the? the well, I'm not going to lay out the facts. You it might okay. be. It's up to Judge Loken. It might be appropriate for a 28J, depending on what the court feels. But. I don't want any supplemental briefing. All okay. right. we can we can read the case. But you may want to take a look at it for your own. Absolutely. Benefit. Yes. Thank you, Honor. Um, so so again, if we go to the analysis of the public concern. Um, as I've already reiterated, plaintiff does not allege that uh, that he said anything about the Black, Black Lives Matter movement or the protest. The summary provided to the court, uh, which is the only thing we have indicating what's in the video, likewise does not include uh, any mention to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, the plaintiff has had an opportunity, two opportunities to provide that to the court. Um, and now, in hindsight, we we have the expression, or the plaintiff has alleged that the expression was, in fact, to be a comical parody of the Black Lives Matter movement, and that's just simply not reflected in the pleadings before the court. What does the record say about why the officer was terminated here? 
So uh, the uh, so this uh, this uh, the sharing of the video happened on June 9th of 2020. The next day, the officer was called in by the by Chief Strutman, um, and in the allegations, he alleges that uh, in that meeting that the chief um, berated him for making the comment and ordered him to resign his position indicating that if he didn't resign, then there would be an internal uh, investigation. Um, and, and, he, and he would be terminated, right? Right. And, and the allegation is that Chief uh, Strutman would recommend that he be terminated. Uh, Not that he would be. The, the key person would recommend it. Right. What, I think that, yeah, that's right. That is correct. That, and, and I'm reading from the complaint, the amended complaint, that Defendant Strutman would ultimately recommend plaintiff be terminated and that Defendant Russ Batesel would terminate plaintiff's employment. Uh, Russ Batesel is the city administrator for the city of St. Peter's. Um, and then briefly, too, in addition to not having, uh, uh, in, in addition to what plaintiff alleges he intended to convey with this, this video, not matching up with the summary of what's in the video. Uh, we also don't have any evidence of, of any additional speech trying to bring up any kind of malfeasance or mismanagement or misappropriation of funds or anything like that, which are a lot of the cases that the appellant cites in this case where, uh, where somebody was bringing up um, they weren't uh, enforcing DWI laws or they were hiding money or the, or the, the, the case that a counselor uh, ended with, the Henry case. That was an allegation of uh, prosecutorial misconduct and cover-up. Nothing like that in this case. Um, and then now briefly with my time here, turning, pivoting a little bit to the, uh, the other part of the, the first part of the Garcetti test, which is um, speaking as a citizen. And I think Your Honor picked up on this as well. I think the forum and how this speech was shared is important. It was a closed group text chat that was set up by um, the City of St. Peter's officers that allowed them to convey information in a quick manner so that they could respond accordingly to any civil unrest or protesting going on. And at that point, there's no, there's no contest. There was civil unrest in St. Charles County and St. Louis County and here in the city of St. Louis. Um, that is a factor that, uh, that the court can consider, and this um, comes from the DeRoche's case, uh, that the court can consider in evaluating the, um, not only is it, you know, public, uh, does go to public concern, but also value to what extent he was saying this is a private citizen. Uh, the, to your point, Judge Loken, I, I think that it, that's exactly, the plaintiff is, is speaking with his, his fellow officers and is, is making some, some statement. It's, it's not clear exactly what that is. Um, but it's clear that it's going to just his officers. He's not posted that to a private Facebook account, for example, or is not actually uh, tweeting that. He's just, it, it, the link comes via a, a, a reposting of a Twitter account. Um, it's not going to the public at all. And so in, the, in that regard, uh, if we do look at, you know, the, um, let's see. So we look at the, uh, the DeRocher's case, Ninth Circuit case, um, where the, the, in that case, the court was evaluating to what extent, one of the elements, to what extent uh, that, that conversation was internal versus external. Um, and the court uh, looked at the fact that a lot of the, the conversations and complaints going back and forth uh, were on an internal basis. But here in this court with the Eighth Circuit, I go to the Spar versus Ward case, which I mentioned earlier. Um, 
where the uh, plaintiff in the case created a memorandum, shared it with HR against the advice of her, uh, of her uh, supervisor at the time, and she was terminated. Uh, and as part of the court's analysis, they looked to see uh, to what extent that memo touched on matters of public concern or not, finding that her discussion of a management style and potential pending litigation may have touched on the public concern, but that the context made it clear that plaintiff was really speaking about an internal employment matter in that case, and therefore not protected. And I also think it's important to point out that, that this forum uh, is created by police officers for police officers to exchange information, and that the speech in question, um, even taking the allegations as true, the speech in question arguably is, is uh, you're touching on you know, protesting Black Lives Matter movement, um, potential civil unrest, which all fall within the universe of law enforcement. Um, he, he could have been terminated for wasting, wasting time in a group session that had an important uh, uh, public interest in mind. I, I think that that is a possibility. You, you, put all, you put that out there and everybody goes back and forth and tweets about that, and they lose track of what they're supposed to be doing in those sessions. I would not disagree with that, Your Honor. And, um, and all of a sudden that's protected? I think case law is pretty... Pretty strong on that. I would agree. So, uh, and, unless there are any additional questions from your honors, um, we would just ask, uh, you know, for the reasons stated in our briefs and here today, uh, plaintiff cannot make a First Amendment retaliation claim because he cannot show he spoke as a private citizen on a matter of public concern. Uh, that's the first level of the, the Garcetti test, and I think the analysis can stay there. Um, and for those, those reasons, the city and, and the individual defendants would ask that this court affirm the judgment of the district court dismissing this case. Thank you. I'll give you a minute for rebuttal. Uh, just three points I was hoping to touch on very quickly. Um, the first one being that, that the, uh, Mr. Kilper has, has said, and it's been throughout all of the briefings and, and the orders here, that uh, appellant didn't make any other statement than sharing the video. Again, it's symbolic speech. It's an implied statement that he's making. We've included that in our pleadings. Uh, it, it was a critical statement. It's not a literal statement. It is a critical statement of what's going on. I think that's key to this entire thing. I also want to address the forum. We're talking about a private cell phone with officers on their private cell phones dealing with things that are both work and non-work related. If this had been a Facebook group with only those officers as the friends of this officer and he had made that post, it would have gone to the same people, it would have been the same message, uh, but that would have been a uh, protected speech, right? Because it's a Facebook as opposed to a text message group. Wait, 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 wait. Not if it was private. So if it, I don't know all the different things you can do on Facebook, but I would guess they have a way of... of, of <clears throat> making it private. Sure, absolutely. It's, it, okay, so what? So I don't get the point. So my point is that when you post something, that's been been held to be uh, a, a... Well, if the word post means making it public, then it's different. So, and, you know, 
And I, I understand that, Your Honor. My, my point is specifically that if the forum changes to a, a different social media platform, uh, it, it may change. If it's a, if a Twitter account where we're only going to, to well, six people. Well, let's just deal with the account, what platform we got. And, and my point is that, Your Honor, the, the fact that it is only officers that are receiving this, in our, in our age of technology where we can send it to anybody we want, that doesn't mean that a smaller group, a smaller forum, isn't also a, a public forum or also a, a forum where the First Amendment protections exist. And if I may just, uh, Your Honor, to address your time-wasting uh, comment uh, in Mr. Kilper's argument, I think that's part of the balancing test. And again, we'd be happy to get to that point. But the, that would be the city's obligation to show that there were disruptions to city uh, workings. No, 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 no. You didn't get the point then. And, and I'm, I'm sorry if I misunderstood, Your Honor. But my, my point there is that if there was time-wasting that was done, the well, city... In order to in order to uphold uh, this uh, um, this termination, uh, they would have to show that. It, the question it was why was he terminated? And and it seems to me there are lots. Of, well, what's relevant to me is he made absolutely no effort to contest whatever discipline was being suggested or proposed. He quit and sued. And, and your honor, and that's tremendously relevant. And your honor, I would tell you that that's not the whole case here, and that's not how it was pled. And so the, the facts as taken as true is that he was he was uh, um, fired by the department because the decision had been made. He was told he would be fired if he didn't. No, resign. he said, "Okay, I resign." Uh, your honor, been, and I would point you only. No, out. no, not. Come on, I can look it up. I, I, I simply have one case that I wanted to add to that. No, I don't know. You don't have to add any cases. He did. He did. He. Well, he created a, an arguable constructive discharge situation and didn't pursue that. And I would actually call it coerced termination as opposed to constructive discharge. Of course you would. Come on. But, Your Honor, again, it's, it's simply that the decision was made. He was going to be terminated, uh, and, and, and he, it doesn't matter which route he took because that decision had already been made. Thank you very much. The case has been thoroughly briefed and argued, and we'll take it under advisement.